picture this. You're sitting with your phone trying to find one more way to reach your audience. You know you need another way to get your content out there to those who need it, but in a way that draws them in. You can do this through podcasting. Now you know podcasting can work, but how do you start? You can always hire someone to do it for you, but what if you just don't have the financial ability to do so or simply just don't want to spend the money? What if I told you you can get all of the steps from an experienced podcast manager to help you do this yourself? I have created the Podcast Launch Companion to help do exactly this. This is not another course from someone who has not helped dozens of podcasters get started. This is the exact process I use with my launch clients, step-by-step, for you to do on your own at a fraction of the done-for-you launch price. If you are ready to get a podcast launched by summer, click the link in the show notes or visit allisonnitch.com slash DIY. That's allisonnitch.com slash DIY to learn more. Now on to the episode. Welcome back to another guest episode on Podcast with Purpose. Today, Rachel and I have the pleasure of interviewing Aubrey Malik. Aubrey is a virtual assistant coach and has been in the freelance space for about five years now. And we just had an amazing conversation talking all about her journey into getting into this online space, just as Rachel and I have. And we are so excited to share Aubrey's journey with you. I have known Aubrey for a while. She has been my business coach, and she is also a course creator, which is how Rachel got to know Aubrey. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Aubrey just as much as we did. Welcome to Podcast with Purpose with Allison Nitch and Rachel Linhart, a podcast for entrepreneurs, moms, teachers, and online business owners who know they have a bigger purpose. We are both former teachers turned podcast managers who took a big leap, changing careers and navigating the unknown after many years in the classroom. We struggled for so long trying to balance mom life, careers, and all the things. Listening to podcasts showed us that there was more to our careers than the four walls of our classroom. It opened doors to a world we didn't know existed. Every other Tuesday, we will be bringing you real conversations to help inspire, motivate, and walk you through everyday life. Listen in as we share stories about motherhood, mental health challenges, and becoming online business owners with some podcasting tips sprinkled in. Around here, we are all about real, raw, and honest conversations in a judgment-free space. We want to share all things we wish someone had shared with us as we navigated big changes and new seasons in our lives. So grab a cup of coffee, water, or wine. Remember, this is a judgment-free space. Pop in your earbuds and let's chat. Welcome, Aubrey. We're so excited to have you on Podcast with Purpose. This is such an honor to be here with both of you today. I'm really excited to chat. Yes, I'm excited excited. to have you. (laughs) Yeah. So I've known you for, gosh, a year now, probably before that we talked in the DMs. But yeah, you've been my coach for a year now. I know, Rachel, you took Aubrey's course. So we both know you in different ways. So we're so excited to talk to you today. But We want to find out your story and how you got to where you are. So tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are and just the journey from 
past to present, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Talk all you want. Right. Because, um, gosh, it's been – I'm coming up on – Five years since wow. I would have left the classroom, which seems crazy. Like I always just equate it to my youngest because at the time of like really trying, like starting to make the transition of okay, actually walking away from my teaching job could be a reality. Because before then, like it was always just kind of one of those like pipe dreams. Like I, mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to do it. I, I loved what I did as a teacher, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I would say the same having the past five years would have had, like I had a lot of still teacher friends and everything that they've gone through, but I really did love teaching. I just loved being a mom more and I hated, I I couldn't just like, I couldn't rationalize the, I'm leaving my son at the time who was, you know, just a newborn and then, you know, like a baby to go take care of other people's kids, which I know sounds very selfish, but I, I, didn't grow up with that. And I don't fault my parents for that at all. But I just remember, I like, I like looking back on my childhood, I remember like my parents couldn't just leave work to come and like mm-hmm. do school activities. And I knew that they were working hard and I never blamed them. But looking back, I remember feeling that like almost emptiness of, and like that wanting for that. And I just knew when I, when I had kids, I didn't want that. I didn't want to have to say, well, I can't do this one. Like maybe next time. Or maybe, you know, another time I didn't want to have to say that to my kids. I wanted to be able just to be able to say, yes, like whenever you need me, like if you are sick, if you need a day, like I want to be able to just come and get you or I want to be able to come into your classroom, especially being a teacher, like you feel this immense pressure to always be there for your students and your students need you. And I didn't want to have to feel Mm -hmm. that that pull anymore. So prior to that, I had tried a lot of different things to quote unquote, work from home, tried a lot of those like traditional things that you see people talking about. I started tutoring kids after school, which was nice. I My very first job was at a private school. So a lot of the students that I tutored came from very affluent families. And so the money was great, but it still was like I taught all day and then would go to the public library and tutor more. And again, like that was not going, I wouldn't get home until like six o'clock at night. So that wasn't sustainable. I had joined network marketing companies where I was slinging lipstick and trying to sell like anti-aging skincare when I was like 26 years old. Was um, it lip sense? Yes, it was. I tried all the colors. I didn't sell it, but I tried all the colors on. And I liked it, but I just was like, I just, I couldn't, you know, I, I just couldn't really get mm. behind it. It just wasn't, I mean, it was fun to do, but it wasn't, it was a lot of what I found was it was a lot of time investment. And not a ton of return, right? Like Mm -hmm. it was just like a lot of like doing things for quote unquote free and then like maybe seeing a little bit of profit. The other thing that I tried was uh, teaching kids English online, which actually out of all the things that I had tried previously made me the most money. But I mean, I was getting up at like 3 a.m. in the morning to teach these classes. And again, like still not having a ton of control over how much mm-hmm. I made, like they decided how, you know, the company decided how much I made per hour. A lot of times I would get up at 3 a.m. and the kids wouldn't even show up to the class. So I was like, oh, you know, I was so tired. And that was right around the time when I became pregnant with my second. So again, I just knew like none of these options were either going to bring in enough income, nor were they sustainable for me to do to have the type of work-life balance 
as much as you can Mm -hmm. with kids. And so I think after the teaching kids English online, I pretty much was like, well, you know, this was this was fun while it lasted, but there's not really going to be an option. And I didn't see a lot of teachers going part time. That wasn't something that I saw in any of the schools that I taught in. So I didn't even think that was an option. So I just, I went into that final school year just really feeling like, well, I'm just going to have to make it work. I'm going to, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm coming up on maternity leave. I'll take my 12 weeks of maternity leave unpaid. And then, you know, we'll maybe we'll figure something out. And it was that September that we had to go to a doctor's appointment for my oldest son. When he was born, he had a congenital cataract in his eye. So he had surgery at four weeks. And so we would go regularly for checkups just to make sure his eye was progressing. And that September, they told us we went back to the surgeon just for a checkup. And he said, we, you know, we, there's too much scar tissue. Like we need to do another surgery. And he's like, and honestly, like, I don't want to, I don't want to wait. I don't want it to impact his vision. And so I remember on the drive home, I was thinking, okay, can they do the surgery on a Friday? Because then I can take, I only have to take Friday off. I'll be home with him Saturday, Sunday. Like, because here was the thing too with teaching. And I'm sure both of you can relate and your listeners can relate to the thought of coming up with sub plans. Like that was a pain. Uh Worrying if they were going to actually follow the sub plans and then Mm -hmm. feeling like you were coming back and you were going to be behind. Right. Cause it was, especially Mm -hmm. with um, that year I was teaching second grade and I taught with three other veteran teachers who were amazing. But I mean, it was very, we would meet once a week and it's like, this is what we're teaching this week and you needed to stay on pace. So that was another thing. Like I didn't want to take too many days because I'm like, then it's going to put us way behind. Like there's only so much that I can give to a sub to teach. They're not going to teach it the way that I teach it. And right. then I'm worrying like my students are falling behind. And it was in that moment where I just, I finally had this, like I call it like my come to Jesus moment where I was like, this is not okay. Like I should be able to take as many days off as my son needs me. Like if there's complications or whatever, like he's only one and a half. I don't know how he's going to recover from surgery. And, and I don't, I think my school would have been fine with whatever I needed. It was just like, I was done feeling that, that pull, like I was done Mm -hmm. feeling that way. And so I really just set out, like, I am going to find something like I sat down and I looked at my finances. I figured what did I need to actually bring in? And it it really was a thousand dollars. Like I had a big student loan payment and my husband's like, if if you can just do that, we will be fine. We'll make it work. If you're at home with them, even if you're not like doing a, you know, a ton, like a, a full second job, like we're not going to need to put both the boys in daycare, like we'll make it work. And so that was my goal was to figure out what I could do to make just a thousand dollars. And that's when I just dove into the online searches. I was, I remember it was the following day after that doctor's appointment and it was, I like couldn't sleep. I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? And I was searching. I was up at like 5am. I went into a mom Facebook group that I was in. I think it was like babies and bottles or something like that. And I was like, these are all the things that I have tried doing to make money from home. I don't want to do anything. Like, don't try to sell me on your company and tell me why your network marketing company is different. I need something legit. I only need to bring in $1,000 a month. Please give me some viable options. And somebody had commented, you know, I have you ever looked into virtual assistants? Like, I think that could work. Um, I don't even know if this person like did it or they had just heard about it. And I had never, heard, like, I didn't even hear that word. Right. Never heard that word before. Never seen it before. And once I heard that, I was like, okay, this is something I haven't heard before. Let's dive into it. And that, that whole day, it was like I was doing research. I was reading blog posts. Like I was diving into this world. And I came home to my husband. I said, look, I think I can do this. 
and I'm going to try to make this $1,000 before our second son comes. So I had two months to make this happen because at the time I was seven months pregnant. And I said, if I do this, if I make $1,000 in a month, can I tell my principal I'm not coming back? And he said, yes. And so (laughs) that's kind of like the beginning of the journey. I'll stop there. Like I said, how much time do we have? Because I can go on and on. (laughs) But that was kind of – that was like the – the beginning part of me kind of entering into this world. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think we've all been there. We've all had those. Well, I know I've told my story a million times, but we've had our struggles with what else can we do? And I think that's the hardest part is people think they're stuck not knowing what else they could do, but there are other options. So I love that you just kept like pushing and I did the same, you know, my story too, but I was like, (laughs) okay, I've got to find this. I've got to find this. And we all did the network marketing and different forms. And it's, and some people are so successful with it. And it's like, well, if they're making millions, why can't I? But it's also what you want to put into it and get out of it at the same time. So I yeah. love that. Yeah. So Aubrey, what were some struggles that you had when you were either first getting started or maybe when after you had seen success, was there were there anything that tripped you up after you had been successful? So I guess you can take that one of two ways. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll talk about both. I think in the beginning, it's I come from a quote unquote small town. And in the beginning, like I really didn't tell a lot of people that I was doing this. I think a lot of people knew that it was that I wanted to be at home. Like I kind of I had shared that. I was the one who was constantly like talking about my kid and like, I just think a lot of people around me and I like, there are amazing teachers and there are teachers who are like are born to teach, Mm -hmm. but I feel like a lot of people around me just kind of accepted that like, that was the status quo. Like, yeah, you dropped your kid off at daycare and like, you didn't see them, you know, for 10, 12 hours. And that's just the norm. And I, I'm like, if, if the norm is on one side, like I'm, I'm running the complete opposite way just because that's who I am. I'm stubborn. I'm a rebel. Like I want to go in the opposite direction. So I think in the beginning, especially even like when I did tell my principal, I wasn't coming back. I, there was a lot of people around me that gave their opinions. Like, are you sure? Like, Mm -hmm. is that, is that going to be stable? Like, why would you, you know, you, you know, I had my master's degree. They're like, why would you waste all of that education and do something from home? And I think again, like a lot of the traditional work from home options were like network marketing. And so a lot of people, you know, kind of had a stigma around that. And I think people just didn't really understand what it was. And I actually, I literally just recorded an episode the other day on my podcast. I was talking about this because I used to be a firm believer in, that like when you're getting started, like you should tell people like, because if you tell somebody, hey, I'm going to do this, you're less likely to let that person down, right? Because we don't want to be seen as somebody who they can't trust or depend on. But we're all that we will let ourselves down all the time, right? So Mm -hmm. I always encourage people to when you're doing something like tell somebody like, hold yourself accountable, like have somebody that you can say like, hey, this is what I'm working on. Like, can you be that accountability person for me. But then I just saw something online where somebody was saying like, when you're first getting started, don't tell anybody because you are probably number one, excited about it, but you're also probably nervous that it's not going to work out. And when you tell the other people, especially people who are like those skeptical people, they tend to give you all of their opinions. And a lot of them are unwanted and a lot of them feed into your fears and your doubts. And so what they were saying is like, wait until you're in the middle to tell people, because at that point, you've probably already proven to yourself that you can do this. When they say like, well, is this going to work out? Are you going to make any money? You can, you already have proof, right? And you've already built up a lot of that confidence in yourself that you're not going to be as easily swayed by people's opinions. So like that was, that was really hard for me in the beginning was other people's opinions, me feeling 
like, is this actually going to work? Am I actually going to be able to make something of myself? Having that identity wrapped up in a a teacher of like, can I actually do anything outside of this? Like feeling like I was just a teacher was hard for me. And then I think even like after I found success, I think it was that first year. So it would, it would have been coming up around one year of being in business and it was that back to school time. And I really just felt that like, I, I didn't, I, I don't want to say emptiness because I was like very happy. I was very happy with my life and working from home and being at home with my boys. But it was just that this was a school year that I wasn't going back to school. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really nostalgic time. Like you go into the stores and there's school supplies and thinking about getting the classroom ready. And I did enjoy doing all those things and that routine of things. So I think that was really hard to me was like shedding that identity. And it really, I don't think it was until probably maybe a a year and a half, two years ago where I finally drew that line in the sand I think any other time, like when people would ask me like, hey, are you ever going to go back to the classroom? It was always a maybe. Like even when I started my business, I was like, I'm just going to do this while my boys are at home. Like when they go to school, like I, you know, I will go back to teaching. I just want to be at home with them while while they're little. I don't want to have to go to work to make money, to pay somebody else to watch my kids and to miss out on all these milestones with them. And so that was always in the back of my head. And I finally had to, in order to be able to, I think, really grow my business, I had to, I had to stop being like one foot on either side of the line. And I think that was really hard to, to say like, I'm not going back to the classroom, but I found a happy medium, especially now that like, it was hard in the beginning because like COVID was going on. So like, I, I wanted to be that parent was I'll go in and volunteer, like I'll help. And I, we couldn't do that. Um, but this past year I, I was able to go into my son's classroom once a month and it was like, I got that fix. I got that fix of being with students and being able to help them and play with them and do all that stuff. And then I'm like, okay, I can leave now. <laughs> like, I don't have to do I'm done. this every single day. So yeah, those are some of the struggles that I faced. And I think too, it's still like, no matter where you get in business, there's always going to be something that you're that you're struggling with. You just, I think you just learn how to work through those things faster. Things that used to take me a really long time to overcome or things that used to knock me down. And I would really struggle to be like, am I, you know, am I cut out for this? I've just learned to work through that faster. And I think that just comes with time and practice and like strengthening those muscles in yourself. But there's, there's always something, no matter what level you get to, there's always something that you're going to be struggling with. But I think, like I said, a huge one for me was just kind of shedding that identity of I'm just a teacher and I can't do anything besides teach. Yeah. Well, I still find myself telling people, well, I taught, I was a teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, like I feel like, and I heard that on a podcast too. It's like you, it's like, it's always with you. It's not going to go away. And especially when I did it so long, it's like, I can't say, oh, and you were talking about people don't, not really understanding. Like, I still don't know how to explain what I'm doing to people who don't know. And my mom was the heart, like, I think her biggest thing was, are you going to be able to make your money? And when I finally told her I'm making money, she was like, oh, okay. Okay, I get mm-hmm. it. You know, it's like she doesn't know what I'm doing, but you know, right. it was like they just want to know that you're going to still be able to, I guess, support your family. And it's like, I am. It's just a different way of doing it. But yeah, it's like a whole new world on this side. <laughs> well, and don't. I think that's what, especially like I was saying, a lot of people around me, I think the traditional way of making money that like in a lot of people's minds, my parents, like a lot, you know, grandparents, aunts and uncles, like, 
they have only seen working in one way. You go Mm -hmm. to a place to work, you, you know, you clock in, you clock out, you make a paycheck and whether you love it or you hate it, like you need to support your family. So like, that's just Mm -hmm. what you do. And that's how they were raised. And I think now there are so many opportunities to be able to make money in a Mm non-traditional sense that if you are unhappy or if you just want something different or if you want to be able to travel more and you want something that doesn't tie you to a specific location there are so many opportunities and i think i think the pandemic kind of helped us in that way of yeah. seeing like you don't have to be in a like a physical location mm-hmm. like you you can work from home and i think more people are starting to actually sit down and think like okay it's not just about working until i die and you know being unhappy like it doesn't have to be that way and people are starting to put their you know family and their mental and emotional well-being like they're starting to really weigh those things and because there are options available to them they're starting to actually look into those as opposed to just sticking with the status mm-hmm. quo because that's the way that it's always been done yeah. yeah. Well, and I just remember, sorry, Rachel, I just remember okay. seeing like my parents so annoyed with going yeah. to work all their mm-hmm. lives. And now they're both retired. But I mean, I'm like, you, was it worth it? I mean, now mm-hmm. you're, you know, it's like you could enjoy life up until you retire too. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that was a little bit of why I was like, I don't want to be stuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know my, um, my dad worked second and third shift all of my Mm. childhood and like adolescence. And so because he made more money on those shifts and then that allowed my mom to be able to work part-time or she was home with us up until we were school age and then she worked part-time. But he was always miserable. (laughs) I mean, he was, especially when he was on third shift because that's like the complete opposite of your Mm -hmm. circadian rhythm. And he was always tired, falling asleep on the couch and which obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. that made sense. But as a kid, I was just like, why aren't you like, (laughs) why are, and and then, and then when we were in middle school and high school and we had games, he was always at work in the afternoon and evenings when we would have our games. And so, yeah. So I remember like being a kid thinking, I didn't want that for my family. And I remember being in an in-service quite a few years ago And the presenter was like telling us as educators that our students are going to have jobs that didn't even exist. And this was like, I don't know, good 10 years ago. And now I feel like we ourselves have jobs that didn't even exist, you know, five, 10 years ago. And it's just, it's just kind of full circle that, you know, that, that opportunity is there now and it wasn't there even just a few years ago to be able to do all of these different things online. And like Aubrey, you said, the pandemic really brought to light the fact that you don't need to be in a cubicle. You don't need to be in a classroom. You can be wherever, virtual, doing all sorts of things. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that I I don't remember how long ago I heard it, but even my father-in-law before he passed, people don't get to the end of their life and think like, I wish I would have worked more. Like they don't, nobody ever feels that way. They Mm -hmm. feel like I wish I, you know, wouldn't have been so grumpy or like, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have prioritized these things. And I think and this is part of my story, not really totally part of my journey, but within five years of each other, we lost both of my husband's parents. And I think that really like, 
losing my mother-in-law first. I was pregnant with my first son. That was really, really hard. But I think losing my father-in-law, the last month of his life, he had um, he had, had a stroke and he was in and out of um, physical therapy and my husband was working. And so I w- he couldn't drive. And so I was taking him to his physical therapy appointments and we got to spend that time together. The silver lining of all of it was that I had that time. And I in that time, he was saying, I've got to stop. He was still working. He's like, I've got to stop working so hard. Like, it's not important. Spending time with the boys and spending time with you guys, like that's what's important. And so I think, again, like I, we were saying, what kind of life do you want to live mm-hmm. and what kind of le- legacy do you want to leave? Do you want your kids, you know, like in your, if like so they were writing your eulogy, like do you, they want to say like, mm-hmm. I wish I could have had more time with them. Like I wish I would have spent more time with them. And that's what I, what I constantly think about. I don't want to get to the end of my life and have any regrets about that. And I remember my mother-in-law, like when I was first pregnant with my son, she had said, you know, there it's going to be hard and there's a lot of adjustments. But one thing that we made sure we did was that we made memories together and we spent mm-hmm. time together and we like cherished every single moment. And that has just always stuck with me. And I'm like, the money will come and go. Yeah, I can always go back and get another teaching job. Like that's fine. But this time with my family and the memories that we make together, I, I can't get that back. And every year that goes by, I'm like, oh, I wish I could just, you know, even that I have a lot of time, I'm like, I wish I could just go back and spend more time with with them and in these moments and in these stages too. So those jobs and those things, they're like always will be there. But I think kind of think, you know, thinking about what kind of life and what kind of legacy do you want to leave and what do you want people to say about you? Yeah. You know, if it was your, it's like kind of a morbid thing to think about. But when you do take that time to like really think, what memory do you want your kids to have of you? Like, yeah. she was, you know, she worked a lot and like, yeah, and she provided for us, but we barely got to see her, right? I, you know, mm-hmm. that's just not, that's not what I want to leave. And even as like, I've grown my business, that's been something, I know we already talked about struggles a little bit, but that's been something too of like finding that balance of, you know, I I want to continue to like help and support people and grow my business. And I have all these dreams of like what I want to do, but also keeping in mind the type of life that I want to live and the values that I have and, you know, like at the end of the day, my family is number one. So it doesn't like it really, truly doesn't yeah. matter about this, yeah. you know, business. Of course, it does matter. But it's like trying to find that delicate balance of mm-hmm. still being able to live that life and and have those memories with my family and not have to feel like I'm so tied to my business because I am I'm motivated. I'm goal oriented. Like I love, you know, pushing myself and challenging myself, but also to like remembering why I did this in yeah. the first place right. um, and keeping that at the forefront in all like the decisions that I make and the direction that I decide to take my business and how much I grow and scale to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something that I was, I think I was talking to Rachel about it too, is that, you know, thinking about where my business is going, I have to remember scaling it and doing all that is obviously going to take more time. It's going to take more, you know, of my patience and energy. And I was like, is that what I really want? So it's kind of like finding that balance. I always think of my grandmother because she was so, I mean, I'm not going to say thankfully, but she passed away January of 2020. So she did not have to go through the pandemic because I think that alone would have probably done her in. But she always said, take the trip, do what you need to do. Because my grandfather, he died when I was in fifth grade, but he had Parkinson's and they were going to, they always went to Vegas. Like that was their fun (laughs) thing to do. They always went to Vegas and they were going to take a Vegas trip. Well, he passed away the day before. And so she was like, take the trip, take the trip. You know, everything was more important. And my parents, I thought too, that maybe they would learn from that, but they're still in the, we're saving our money because you need an inheritance. I'm like, I don't need it. I'm like, you need it. Do what you need to do now. And yeah. so it's just, I don't, I don't want to say I don't want to live like they do, but you know, I, 
I want to do more for that. And I want my kids to see. But of course, now my kids think that you can make money doing anything. And I mean, yes, you can, but I'm like, okay, hold on. Your son is proof of that too. (laughs) Yes. He's making money on YouTube. And it's like, now my younger son is like, well, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm like, it's not, (laughs) that's not, but then, I mean, why hold them back? I I know. Yeah. Yeah. For a little, when I first started my business, I, I hope you can't hear me, but my son was making more than me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is happening? Do I need to go get on YouTube and play games and whatever? (laughs) But I don't want them to think that, oh, I can just make it so easily. But at the same time, I can't hold them back because what if? You know, I 10 years ago, I didn't know. I mean, when my twins were born, Instagram had just started and it was like Mm -hmm. just posted a picture and that was it. And so it's like, what's gonna happen 10 years from now? You know? My parents didn't grow up with internet, so they're still thinking this whole thing. They get mad when they have to bank online. Like everything's moving to an app and they're like, we can't even just go on. It has to be through an app. And like my dad gets mad if like he went to, where were they? And they wanted to scan the app. And he was like, I didn't even bring my phone. <laughs> like, you know, that sounds like my dad. And here I get mad when I have to go into a bank. I'm like, yes, been in a bank. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean the drive through is not open? <laughs> I was thinking the other day, I have a bunch of cash from like Christmas. I was like, I should probably deposit that. But how do you do that? Do I have to go inside? Do they still have the little paper thing? When, I don't know. Do. I've never. They do because oh, I was just in a bank like two weeks ago and I said to my husband, it's been years since I've been inside a bank. <laughs> but yeah, Everything's it's just online. It's so different and it's just yeah. – but that's what's hard is when we're talking about struggles is, you know, getting people to understand that things are changing. And I think it's just that generational thing. So It is. I think so too. Yeah. It will come in time. But yeah. Aubrey, I want to know a little bit about, so we want to hear, we found your journey, but what did you start doing online and then how did it turn into what you do now? Because right now you help people get started online. So what I found that I could actually do that would actually make me money, like I mentioned, was being a virtual assistant. And so basically what that is, is you, the way that I like to explain it to people in a way that makes sense. Like when somebody says like, what do you actually do when I was, you know, doing that full time? I was like, it's kind of like a personal assistant, except everything is virtual. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not running and going to get like somebody's like coffee or lunch. I'm helping them just get tasks done and it's all virtual. Um, So like checking their emails, uh, responding to emails, scheduling appointments for them, managing their calendar, doing admin type work, organizing their files, like all that stuff that can be shared on, you know, the internet. I help them do that. And so that's what I started out doing. At the beginning, I was kind of just doing, you know, whatever whatever anybody would hire me to do and helping them for, you know, different hours per week, per month. And then um, what I found that I really loved doing and how I was able to replace my teaching income was I started writing blogs for other people, which is so funny. Again, like even virtual assistant to me when like I remember like the first invoice that I sent that somebody paid and I told my husband, I'm like, somebody's really like paying me to like do this for them. It was like this crazy concept. But like I didn't even know what was out there. Like it's almost kind of you hear about these things and it's like not even until you actually get into there like, oh, I can I can do that for other people. Like I can write blogs for other people. People don't just write their own blogs, right? You think That's like my all husband these said. things. Yeah. It's <laughs> like and write them for them. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, so like, I always, um, like I always kept journals, always kept like diaries. Like I would write stories when I was younger and my parents always said like, you should be an author when you grow up. And so like, I just took that love for writing and I applied it to helping other business owners do that and was able to grow pretty quickly. And 
to me, writing came natural. So it wasn't like for a lot of business owners, it's like they know they need to do it. They know that they need to put out content. And, you know, back in the day, like the blogging was the thing. Mm-hmm. Now there's obviously there's like podcasts and YouTube and there's other ways, other formats to put out content. But blogging was like, that's what everybody was doing. And they knew they needed to do that. And I, for a lot of my clients, like I did, I did a blog every single week for them. So to me, like I, you know, had my clients that I was doing that for, I was in a really good flow and was able to grow that pretty quickly. And like I said, I think it was around that like one year mark. It was back to school time. I knew I didn't want to go back to the classroom, but I knew I missed teaching. And again, like I was, I had that identity, like I'm a teacher, like I, I love helping other people. So how can I still do that in a way that allows me to work from home? And that's when I met like my like first one-on-one coach and she had a podcast and she was helping people start podcasts. And she's like, you should totally start a podcast. And it was funny that she said that because the first podcast that I ever listened to, I was like, I can totally do this. I mean, like, hello, I love to talk. And I was like, yeah, I'll just start a podcast. Like I had no idea. Just I'm going to talk. I'm going to share. Like, hopefully this helps somebody. And that was like my way of tapping back into that teacher in me. And when I started my podcast, like I had no, had no direction. I was just going to like kind of share what, what I was doing. And I had an idea of like, here's how I get things done as a work from home mom and productivity and mindset. Like it was all over the place. And the episodes that people were downloading, like what I was actually looking at, the analytics were anytime I talked about being a virtual assistant, how to, how to work from home, how to how to do that. Like what, what did my day in the life look like? So I was like, okay. So I started incorporating more of that. And then I just had people messaging me like, can you teach me? Can you coach me? Like, can I hire you to do this? And like, that wasn't even the direction I thought I was going to go, but like in business, you kind of have to follow those breadcrumbs. So I started doing just like one-on-one coaching. And I realized like every, the question that everybody had was, how do I start the business? And so I would coach them through that. And then I started to realize, I'm spending a lot of time doing these coaching things and I'm running out of time because again, I wanted to build a business that didn't take up this like, you know, I didn't want to leave teaching where I was working 40, you know, to 60 hours a week to come home and do the same thing. Like I wanted to keep, you know, a 25 to 30 hour week where I could still like take the afternoons off and take my kids to the park. And so I decided like, hey, I should probably just create something that more people can go through more, you know, like, and and I'll obviously like, as I started to gain more clients, I started to realize, hey, I need to like raise my rates. And so I didn't want this to be something that like nobody could afford. So I decided I'm going to create a course on this. And it literally started as like a $37 offer. And I, I had it for the longest time. And I was so afraid to take that leap because I was still working with my clients. I was still helping them grow their business. And I was like, how do I divide my time? And just feeling that imposter syndrome. And I had one client who pretty much just like pulled the rug out from under me and decided, hey, we're not going to continue on. And at this point, I had kind of pulled back the amount of clients that I was taking on. And it was one of those like, okay, it's now or never. You've had this idea, like you've been sitting on this. Now it's time to put it into the world. So like, I think she, she sent me that email on a Thursday. I think by the following week, I had that out there. And that's when I started my TikTok journey and grew it from there. And I really say like that kind of was that moment for me where I had to either decide to like put my head in the sand and be like, okay, I'm not cut out for this. Or 
it's time to rise to the occasion. And I'm I'm so glad I decided to rise to the occasion yeah. as opposed to like just throw my hands up in the air and feel like, okay, there's nothing that I can do from this. And really it's it's grown from there. So helping other moms and teachers who want to be able to work from home, want to be able to start a virtual assistant business, want to be a freelancer. I have, you know, courses and programs that help them do that. And it's combined that love for teaching and also like the freedom and flexibility of working from home. I can put those things together and that's what I do now. So, I mean, it really was up until I, I think it was like three years until I really kind of made that transition to stepping away from doing just just freelance work and helping other clients to really stepping into podcaster, coach, course creator. And so it's really only been, I mean, close to two years of making that transition because it's a big transition to go mm-hmm. from when it's like just working one-on-one with clients. And honestly, my, biz- my business was so simple then. Like it was less stress. Of course, there's clients that, you know, can drive you crazy from time to time. And Sometimes there's, you know, I got to send the raise my rate email, but it was just, it was so simple. <laughs> so definitely a lot of hard work to get to to where I am today. And it, it is like, I know people, you'll hear things online, like just create the course and, you know, it'll be, you know, you just have to sell X amount to like make this much per month. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that has to happen yeah. and a lot yeah. of work that's required to get to that place. So I always like to share that too, because of course it sounds great, like passive income. Yeah. Like everybody wants to do it. And I, you know, I definitely encourage that should become one of your income streams, but it's not, it's not just as simple as create it and they will come and you'll be making money while you're on the Mm -hmm. beach drinking a uh, margarita. (laughs) Which is what some people try to sell it to you as. I love how it just kind of led you that way. Cause I, we were talking before is people just get into their business. I I did. I remember when I first started telling my husband, I'm going to be making six figures by Christmas and it didn't happen, you know? So it's like, it's kind of that thing where you just kind of have to kind of go where it leads you. And I love Mm -hmm. that, that that's what it did for you. And I feel like that's kind of where Rachel and I realized that that's what works best is when you just kind of go with the flow almost and just see what happens and what truly lights you up because. Yeah. And what you think might light you up in the beginning, like when you're first starting out, it could be totally misaligned to what you really, what you really truly want. Um, and I know Allison and I have both gone through that. I'm going through that right now and I'm making a little pivot in what I'm doing. And I know Allison did that probably last year, right? Yes. I remember so, my pivot. Yeah. <laughs> my boxer. And, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and that's okay. Like, I feel like we just need to say it is okay to pivot. It is okay to kind of go in a direction that maybe you didn't see coming. Like Aubrey, you kind of went into the coach and course creator journey as opposed to just staying with blogging. And that is, you know, look what it's done for you. Like that's amazing. So I, I, part of our message here at Podcast with Purpose is to just tell people that it is okay to just kind of go your own Go in your own path and follow your own journey. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. And well, and I think too, to that, no decision that you make is permanent, right? Mm-hmm. Like you at any point, you can just, you don't have to answer to anybody else. Yeah, You can decide, hey, like I'm going to, you know, try this new direction. Okay. That didn't, that didn't work out. And I think people feel like the direction that they pick or the thing that they pick, it has to work out. Like it's an all or nothing thing. And mm-hmm. I think just life is just full of lessons and learnings. And it's mm-hmm. like, even if that path 
didn't lead you to where you thought it should lead you, it helped you to just course correct, right? You're Mm -hmm. just making decisions that can help you get closer to like where you want to be. And through each lesson you learn, hey, this is what I liked about it, but this is what I didn't like about it. And so now like moving forward, like I'm going to try to incorporate more of the things that I like and less of the things that I didn't. And I think that's like a, it's a great thing to do. And I think people get so hung up in the, I got to know exactly what I need to do. I think it, I like, it starts with us from, yeah, <laughs> it starts with us. <laughs> I was from, raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with us. I feel like it, going into college, I remember yeah. feeling like I did not go into college to be a teacher. Okay. Like I felt this immense, immense pressure on myself that I had to know exactly, like at 17, I had to know exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. That's crazy amounts of pressure when you don't even, you don't even know yourself yet. Like that is still a time when you're really figuring yourself out and you don't even know what your life's going to look like. And I think people can look back and say, oh, I like wasted all this money and I went to school and all this stuff. And I'm like, for the time that I used that job, it served me. It served me in where I was mm-hmm. at, but I'm not tied to that. That is not, I didn't sign on the dotted line. I'm going to do this forever. So just allowing yourself that that freedom to explore and to try new things and to challenge yourself and to see what's out there. Again, like what we said about there's so there are so many opportunities. You can make money on YouTube. You can be, you know, you can be an influencer. Like the amount of money that people are making on brand deals, even a couple years ago, that was not even a Mm -hmm. thing. So allowing Mm -hmm. yourself to just open yourself up and say like, there are endless possibilities out there for me. And the first thing that I try might not be my thing, but it it opens you up to like what's out there and allows you to explore new things and try new things and learn along the way and grow. And you can always go back to what you were doing. Like that is always an option. Right. But I think you owe it to yourself to at least try Mm -hmm. because again, like we, you don't want to get to the end of your life and think, what if that is like my, my biggest fear. I'll never say like, I'm, I'm mad that I tried those things. Even the things that didn't work out for me, it brought me closer to like where I am now. And it helped me figure out what I don't want in a, you know, work from home life situation. But like you could get to the end of your life and think, what if I just would have tried that thing? Like Mm -hmm. that could have been the answer for me. So you owe it to yourself to at least try and learn along the way. And you don't, I don't think you ever fail at something. Like I think failing means you give up or you don't even try. So like if you're trying, if you're challenging yourself, if you're exploring something new, like you are just learning. You are learning like what is that path for you? Right, right. There's no mistakes. It's just lessons, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a lesson that you can be that can be learned from something that you might feel is a mistake. It's a lesson, right? So, absolutely. Yeah. When I yeah. fought things, Aubrey knows. I fought things so hard at the beginning. I was like, <laughs> no, I want to find what I want to do. I want to find what's going to make me happy. But how would I know if I didn't try it? It's right. making me a little. It's not mad, but annoyed. My son's, he just finished his freshman year going into sophomore year and they're making him tell, like put on paper what he wants to do. Well, first of all, he, right now he thinks he's going to be a YouTuber. <laughs> well, why not? It's being right. successful so, right now. <laughs> that wasn't an option on the check down or the drop down list. So other, like, is there just other? Put, but I think that's so, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm, and I've told right. this story before. I went and got a business degree, went back and got teaching certification. It's like, you don't know. And to make these kids, I mean, I think we all wanted to be a marine biologist or a doctor or whatever when we were younger. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know. I think you just have to go through the motions until you figure it out. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if it takes you until you're in your 40s, it takes you until you're in your 40s. But hey, 
So um, our last question before we do some rapid fire is what would you, t- we kind of already did this, but what would you tell someone who is struggling or doubting themselves about whether it's getting unstuck or starting a business or whatever that might be? Gosh, there's so many things that I would say, but if I had to pick like pinpoint one thing, if you are struggling, if you are feeling you know, even what you are doing isn't the right thing. You're looking for that thing for yourself is like, just don't be afraid to try something. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to like lean into something. Don't be afraid to take that leap because you just never, you never know what's on the other side of that. So lean into those things. And what I always tell people too, is that when you first learn about something, whatever it is, right? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be starting a business, but like when you first learn about something maybe new that you want to try, I encourage people to use that excited energy around it to take as many steps forward as you can. Because at a certain point when you're so many steps in, you have a lot more to like look back on and realize like, I'm already, you know, this far into it. It's silly to go back now, right? If you're taking a road trip and it's like you realize more than halfway through, oh, I forgot this. You're Mm -hmm. not going to turn around and go home. You're just going to keep driving and you're going to figure out another way to, again, like course correct or figure that out. So use the excited energy that you have in the beginning because that's going to propel you forward. It's going to create some momentum. It's going to create some quick wins for you along the way where you can start to build that confidence. Because what I see a lot of times what people do is they, I have this idea, okay, I want to do this. And then they sit and they wait and they ponder and they tell their their people and other, yeah. Mm -hmm. And other people tell them like what they think and they lose that excited energy. And it's so much harder to get the ball rolling. It's not that you can't do it, but it's like you already have some momentum and some steam behind you. So just don't be afraid to take that leap. Don't be afraid. I used to tell my kids in the classroom, I would ask a question and I see this so much with kids. They're so afraid to get something wrong. And I would always say, take a risk, take a risk. What's the worst that could happen? Like take a risk. And so like, that's what I encourage people to like, take the risk too. It's honestly, like, I truly think it's never failed me in life and being like stubborn and being kind of like that go against the grain person when I was younger was kind of seen as not the best quality, but I'm like, look at, look at me now. Like, look at what that has done for me. It's because I'm, I'm not willing to just settle or not take the risk or not try something because it seems scary. That was a few things in there. So hopefully hopefully one of those things really like helps you and pushes you along. Yeah. Yeah. Because if not, you're going to be like me and be stuck and (laughs) too scared to do anything until this whole year has been just a whole learning curve. It's like my whole world just opened up because I took that risk and I tried. Mm -hmm. And And you know what I see now, Allison? I see you willing to take those risks Mm -hmm. a lot faster, right? Because you've proven to yourself look what happens when I actually do. Like, mm-hmm. it's not it's not as scary as I thought it was going to be. It, You know, I don't just fall flat on my face. Like, I'm learning through that process. And so I've seen you, which I, I think it would hold you back before, but now yeah. you've, you've done it once. Okay, you've proven to yourself, hey, like, this actually can work. Like, okay, now the next time this happens, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And I think you've grown in that. You're more willing to take risks and try new things than you were before. So even if you feel like it's been a, like a learning curve or kind of like a roller coaster, you know, up and down, like those are things that are not as tangible to see because right. it's like we, you know, we want the like hard proof. We want it to be black and white. And a lot of times, like I've even said this too, I've grown 
so much as a person from starting a business Mm -hmm. of things that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do if I was in my teaching job that didn't challenge me and didn't push me in this way because teaching came natural to me. I was good at it. And business is a little bit harder for me. And so it's requiring me to show up in different ways. And I can see that in you. Like It's requiring you to show up in ways that you haven't before. And it's requiring you to take more risks. That's again, like it's not something that you're like, oh, I feel like I can hang my hat on that. But it's something that should be recognized because like that's going to serve you not just in your business, but in all other places in your life. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think a lot of it is too, I look back, I ask myself, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. And I think once I realize, well, nothing, <laughs> you know, like it would just stay the same. I'm like, oh, right. okay, then let's go. I mean, it's it was really, it, yeah. yeah, it was really hard leaving that, you know, that stable paycheck that I would get once a month. And, you know, I knew it was coming, but it was also one of those where I was like, that's all it was at the time was, you know, it's a, it's a paycheck. And yeah, I was teaching and I had all these rewards of teaching, but it was, you know, the kids come and go, you know, they're going to change. They're going to be different classes. So it's, it was one of those where it was like, if I want to change, I have to make a change. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. All right. So we like to end our interviews with some fun, just rapid fire questions. So our first one is what are you binging right now? And that can be like food or books or TV shows, podcasts, whatever. Okay, so there's two things right now, I would say. The first one is I am binging fiction books. I loved reading and I've like always loved it. And then you get into business and it's like, oh, I, you know, shouldn't be spending my free time reading these fiction stories. Like I should be reading business books, which is what I have pretty much done. And then I found or somebody sent me a book recommendation or maybe it was on one of these podcasts where somebody was like, oh, like I've been reading this book. And I'm like, I really want to get back into reading. So I have been binging fiction books. I'm, I have a goal to, I have this like chart that I'm doing that I want to finish by the end of summer. And so just kind of like these, you know, romantic comedy books where it's the girl moves to a small suburb, you know, and she's from the city and she finds a fisherman, (laughs) you know, falls in love, like just the, you know, like classic, I feel like Hallmark type stories. So that's what I've been binging. And like, again, going to the public library and getting these books. I have a Kindle, but I I just, I, I there's something I love about a physical book and holding Same. it and having the paper. So and I've library books that. just have a smell. Like, like oh, it's yeah. just so comforting. <laughs> it's so funny. So I took my boys to the, to the library with me because I'm like, they can, you know, pick out books. And my son, you know, he would go to the library every week during school. And so I took them and they're like, what do you mean? We can just like take all these books out. <laughs> um, and I walked in there and it was like, it hit me. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, you know, because I did tutoring there too. Hit me. And then I... I've been reading these books. My husband's like, I want to get into reading again too. And he's like, I want to find a good like thriller book. So I'm like, well, come to the library with me. And so then he walked in. He was like, oh my gosh. He's like, the smell doesn't change. You get the book and you can smell it. So that's the first thing I'm binging. The second thing I'm binging, which I feel like I'm always binging. I'm always on the lookout for like a a nice true crime podcast. So we're actually leaving tomorrow to go to North Carolina and we're driving. And my husband, we – the first podcast that we ever really listened to was Serial, and we were driving to North Carolina. We were going to a wedding down there, and we binged the entire thing. And this was before podcasts were even really a thing. So he texted me the other day, and he's like, hey, you think you can find a really good podcast that we can listen to on our <laughs> drive down there? So I've got two that like lined up. And I, li- I mean, I love Crime Junkie, but I love 
like when there's a, a whole season on like a case where every episode goes into a different part, I'm like a true crime junkie. So that's what I'm binging right now too, is just like always true crime, which is, it's counterintuitive because then I freak myself out and I can't go to bed <laughs> at night because I think somebody's going to break into my house. And my husband's like, yeah, maybe you should stop. And I'm like, that's not an option. <laughs> that's what I do. I always listen to. I cannot, when I, the Murdoch case, like I was listening every night to find out what was happening. And I know mm-hmm. I'll do the same thing with the the Idaho cases. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, I'm going to be on that. So two things. You're going to have to send me the podcast names and the fiction. We have to share our our okay. book titles because I, I know we've we, read a I couple of the did. same. Yeah. 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 Because I was posting them in my stories too. <laughs> yeah. So I'll have to let you know. Um, I'm finishing up a series. I did. I, I think the first one was like it happened one summer. I don't know if you said you read that one. I don't know. That one doesn't sound By Tessa Bailey. And then Hook, Line, and Sinker is like the sequel to that. So that's the one that I'm finishing right now. But yeah, I have have a bunch on my, you know, the cool kids call it the TBR, the to be read list. So (laughs) I got, I got onto a book talk on TikTok. And so that kind of, I was, they kind of fueled me. And so now I'm just trying to be like cool and hip and young still with all all the cool kids. So our last question is, um, what's your favorite meal to cook like right now than in the summertime? So this isn't really a meal, but this is like my new thing that I'm doing. It's so funny. Alice and I got on a call yesterday and I had flour on my face because I, <laughs> a couple months ago, I, again, like this is a, a TikTok thing, but I got onto like sourdough TikTok and I was like, I can do that. Like, again, I just love a challenge. I love something that I can, that's going to require me to like push myself outside of my comfort zone. And I've made bread before, but I was like, this looks, you know, this is a whole process. Like you have to make the starter and you have to feed the starter every day and you have to wait until the starter is active and bubbly and all these things. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. So I've been making sourdough bread and like, I just thought it would be fun. And now my husband, he's like, he comes home from lunch and he wants to eat his sandwiches on fresh sourdough bread. So now I have to like, <laughs> now I'm like, sourdough I have bread. to keep making it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's this whole process. I actually have the, the one that I was making yesterday. It was a new recipe where it's more water than you have flour. So it, it, it's this special hydration. It was a mess. I, I have to bake <laughs> it, but I'm like, I don't know if it's going to turn out because it was like very very messy, but that's something that I just enjoy. It's not necessarily a meal, but it's something that I like enjoy doing right now. That's great. I used to make homemade (laughs) rolls. I miss those. Well, I have absolutely loved having you on here. I always, I mean, just hearing journeys is so fun, but I love hearing how you got started and to where you are. Cause I know where you are now because you're my coach, but it's like (laughs) hearing how you got there is so fun. So yeah. Anything else you want to add, Rachel or? Can you just let everyone know how they can follow you and get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So it's super easy. Aubrey Malik on all the social platforms. AubreyMalik.com is my website. Freelancer to CEO is the podcast that you can listen to. And yeah, that's where you can find me. And I appreciate both of you for having me on. And I love any chance that I get to talk clearly. So I, <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity <laughs> to be able to share my journey with your audience. I do have to mention your podcast is how Rachel found me and how we met. So yes, it's of you. <laughs> yes. I like totally cold DM'd her and I was like, uh, you don't know me, but I be like you. <laughs> isn't it isn't it funny how like like to try to explain to people how you it's like how you know people and it's like, yeah, I just messaged them on Instagram one day and yeah. it's like you didn't know them before. It's like, no. Nope. And it's totally no. normal. Nope. Yeah. Because our yeah. first episode we talked about how we met. And I was like, well, I was on Aubrey Melling's 
podcast. And then she just DM'd me. And one day yeah, I'll just met uh, Ray in person, but one day I have to meet Rachel. So, yes, we yeah. definitely are. <laughs> definitely are going to do that. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, Aubrey. It was so nice to talk with you. Yeah. Thank you both. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We would love to know what you thought about it. Please feel free to send us a message on Instagram at podcast with purpose. That's podcast.with.purpose. Or leave us a rating and review so others can find us.